Hey everyone, welcome to Talk for Freedom. We're so excited again to have you here. Um, we're on Apple iTunes and Google Talk and uh, on h21freedomchasers.org and Chuck Paul LLC. So today we have um, some interesting conversation uh, in regards to um, freedom chasers volunteering, um, you know, getting involved into, um, you know, the, the solution of human trafficking. So really just conversation and bringing some great information uh, uh, information to this topic so cc so tell me why why is it so important that people get involved with this fight against human trafficking sure so um chuck i guess since i've been in this fight against human trafficking for the last i'd say three four years now um i get that that question quite often is how can i help fight against human trafficking and i think that even when I started to become involved, um, I had this perception of maybe physically going out and doing something about this problem without actually thinking through that, you know, human trafficking right now as it stands is the highest, most profitable organized crime in the world. Um, you know, first is drugs and narcotics and then third after human uh, human trafficking is weapons, right? And so these people are extremely dangerous, people that are um, being trafficked and the traffickers even more so. And so I wasn't really, I guess, I didn't really know that there was other ways to contribute towards this fight rather than just physically going out there. Um, so I think that People have a misconception when they when they approach us and ask, you know, what can I do to fight this? They don't understand that there's a whole lot more that, that, that we can all do as a community to end this problem and really leave the dangerous um, work to our law enforcement and trained experts. I think there's there's a movie out there called The Abolitionist, right? Um, and there's this ex-military um, person who started a, an organization that they go out and save you know, a whole bunch of people and i think that's the mentality people have is that's the picture they have when they're getting involved in human trafficking is they see themselves maybe going you know out to a club or or out to um you know uh, a brothel or maybe to a different country and, and going and rescuing someone and um i think that's the picture we're trying to change right yes that is the picture we're trying to change because that can be very dangerous that that type of work should be left to professionals who are professionally trained people who um, understand how to safely approach an individual and who have already pre-scouted out that environment before they've even gone into it because it's if I was to ask you like Cece if you were to go out as someone that didn't have any training and this would be a real scenario. You may be talking to a human trafficking victim, a young woman who's saying, you know, F you, your bougie ways. You think you can come down here and help me? And then her trafficker standing five feet behind her with a gun in his waist looking at you. I mean, how would you deal with that situation? Like, first of all, I wouldn't even know that the connection, um, you know, I wouldn't even know that that person was watching that person to keep them you know, under their control. Um, so I might just find, see that person with a gun and not even realize that I'm in danger because I'm talking to this person. And I, all I'm trying to do is help, but I'm not, I'm not realizing that I'm, and I may even have my children with me or my family with me. And I'm not realizing that I'm putting all of us in danger and that maybe they even, as I 
become familiar with the environment and walk away that even then I'm still in danger because they're still watching me and I'm and tracking, you know, where I'm going, what I'm possibly doing. Maybe they have already gotten a really good description of me, what I'm wearing in my, you know, my car, what I'm driving. And I don't even know that. That's right. And that's so that's the type of danger that someone places themselves into if they don't have the appropriate training and if they don't have the appropriate uh, pre planning ahead of time. So what police officers don't just run into the scenarios and go looking for people. They plan out ahead of time. They create strict operation orders. Everybody knows what they're going to be doing. They scout out the location. They do a lot of research and intelligence first before they go in. But officers and like advocates that are trained to do that type of stuff they can't do that without the help and support of other volunteers and the donations they need to keep the entire operation going i can't go out and do an advocacy program without those care kits that a21 has helped us get together and volunteers have put together as well as donated the material for that because I could walk up and talk to a young person and yeah, I can talk really well to them, but when I'm offering them something tangible that says, real people care about you. Here's underwear, socks, t-shirt, toiletry items, and a note from someone that really cares about you, as well as you know, food coupon from a company that really cares about you, to actually send that message that yeah, you're important, you matter, you don't belong being mistreated. But I couldn't do that without the help of volunteers and donors. And instead, it's just me out there. But when I go out and I have the backing of volunteers and donors, and the teams that I work with have that, it's not just us out there. It's an We're supported by an entire army of people that are really caring and investing in another human being's life. Yeah, I kind of see it like a like a puzzle, or or maybe you've seen some scaffolding, right? Like you you. Every, everything has a piece and a, and a part and the part that these people play that that go out and, and rescue people it comes with training but it comes with experience like they have a trained eye and what to look for they, they they know exactly what next steps to take if something goes wrong they know how to react the right way and that's where people without training you put yourself in, in danger when you you know you go out and you try to do something so as Chuck said is everyone plays a part and i think the part uh the puzzle that we play um as an awareness group and the part that you the public plays or our volunteers play is is the people you're, you're bringing you're bringing everything together um you know you're you're supplying um you know physical supplies uh, you're getting the word out when you know someone who's busy going out and rescuing they don't have you know the time to maybe do the awareness piece they don't have the time to go out and do you know speaking engagements or or let the general public know what really is going on or the statistics they don't have that time we do that's where we come in and we we give that time um, what are some other things that our volunteers can do you know aside from maybe listening to to, to the podcast so we have a lot of really great opportunities for anyone in the public to get involved, right? Um, anytime that we share information or we find out of a new story or if even a missing child and we have an idea that maybe they're being trafficked, maybe they're in a, in a dangerous situation, we post those things on our social media accounts. We post those things on our website and you can take a minute to just read them. You can take a minute to just share them on your pages. You just never know who is going to be able to, to see 
see that person, recognize them and call them in as someone that they've uh, spotted somewhere. Um, we are the eyes and ears of our community, right? So as we're out in public as well, you know, we can just be very aware of the things that we're seeing and call in very suspicious um, activity, right? And we don't actually have to get involved. We don't actually have to talk to the person. We don't have to do anything. Just very discreetly call and and mention that you maybe have seen human trafficking. Um, we never suggest in, our, in all of our presentations, we always make sure that we tell people do not approach the, the person that you feel is in danger because you've just put yourself in danger as well. And so that's that's a key thing. But there are so many opportunities, like Caesar mentioned, one of the most recent activities that we've made available to our public is helping us with these care kits, right? Centro Seguro is a drop-in center for juveniles and, and just about anyone that needs a place to stay. Um, care kits will include all kinds of hygiene items. They'll include a, a note that of encouragement. Um, it'll include a blanket, some undergarments, and... Um, Every time someone comes in and out of the facility, they're giving one of these. It, it includes a meal voucher, and um, it just really helps them to have something that belongs to them personally. And so I know in the last at least uh, few months, I've gotten like every single day, someone will message me either on Facebook or Instagram and ask me, how can I help again, you know, fight against human trafficking? And I always refer them back to these kinds of things. So we're having a packing party, we're, ha we're needing donations. And I think that they feel like I'm ignoring what they're asking. But in reality, I don't think people understand that that is a very tangible way to get involved. And it you're helping, as Caesar mentioned, it's a piece of, of a huge puzzle. It's a piece of that scaffolding he was talking about where we need all of this. We need um, every single one of us to come alongside these trafficked youth, these trafficked adults and say, we care about you. And sometimes it's as simple as a warm blanket you're donating or a stuffed animal or a hygiene item, personal hygiene item. And so it's not always going out into the street. We have very professional, very trained um, law enforcement and different FBI agents and whatnot that go out there and do that. And so this frees them from having to worry about that secondary part of getting the care that they need. They are able to do their job and confidently know that people like you and I are putting these things in their hands to where they don't even have to think twice about is this person, what happens to this person after we take them off the streets? No, that's our job. So we're putting these items in their hands um, and helping them to to further along in their rescue and, and further along in their treatment. Do you have anything to add to that, Chuck? So there are some professional groups, volunteer groups that do do outreach programs, specifically like they do outreaches into strip clubs, they even do street outreaches. But what people don't understand is that these groups are usually led by and made primarily up of survivors. And then the survivors that are people who have escaped this type of exploitation, they then train their volunteers through a very extensive vetting and training process that takes several weeks, if not longer, how to approach an individual and how to do it safely, as well as all the same techniques of scouting a location and doing your research ahead of time. So if someone wants to get involved with those types of things, you need to get involved with an organization that has that type of professional setup. Just coming in straight off the streets and being able to do something like this, you may not be aware of how much danger you're actually putting yourself into. So it's very important. 
It's also very important that after a person's been gotten off the streets, we understand that that's not rescuing them. That's just the first step in a very long process that's going to take years. That process is going to involve lots of volunteers and lots of donations and lots of agencies coming together to provide the basics, housing, food, shelter, education, resources to help them get their life back by helping them clear up their criminal record, resources to help them get a job and job training because unfortunately a lot of victims have had to engage in criminal activity being forced to by the trafficker so now they have criminal records so they can't get a regular job. So that's all part of the recovery process. And even beyond that, there's a recovery process of mentoring and working with that person in order to help them know that they have a friend that's concerned about them. Public can get involved with all of that. There's agencies that do that. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking about agencies like No Strings Attached and Lavish that go out into, into strip clubs and out into brothels and help speak with women and men in the sex work. But they're specially trained and led by survivor advocates. You've got Ransom Life that works specifically with mentoring individuals who have been exploited. You've got Rape Crisis Center that helps advocate and work them through and walk them through every single step for years to go. You've got places like Central Segudo for youth to go to. You've got places like Magdalena House. And coming up, Providence Place for places for adults to get the help that they need. These are all part of the equation, part of the puzzle, like you mentioned, Caesar, to help people in, in the process of helping them recover. All of these organizations need help, they need volunteers, they need donations, where you can use your specialty gifts that God has given you to help someone else in their life. But I hear a lot of people that ask about human trafficking and what exactly that it is. And we get a lot of questions. I get people all the time. This is the big question that I get asked. They immediately say, is that really a problem here? And the answer to that is yes. Anywhere you are in the world, it's a problem. It's a $150 billion a year industry. Human trafficking involves way more than just selling someone for sex. A lot of times it involves forced labor, actual slavery. Slavery is alive today. It involves capturing someone and harvesting them for their organs or forcing women to have multiple babies as baby factories or even forcing someone to be in a military organization for servitude in, in, a, in a war, in a conflict. That's all part of human trafficking. It's a $150 billion a year international industry. It's huge and it's big money and there's low risk and high return. Everyone's vulnerable. I'm vulnerable. CC, you're vulnerable. Any one of us could possibly be exploited by someone. But in particular, traffickers here in the United States, they like to target young people. And unfortunately, the young people they target, they target them specifically for sex. And that's usually done online. And what happens is, is that a young person's on their phone or they're on their video game and they're suddenly contacted by someone that their profile looks really cool. Their profile seems to be that of a cool boy or girl or man or woman, someone that may be interested in the things they're interested in. And that profile that talks to them over several weeks, several months, develops a relationship with them until eventually they get them to run away and meet up, do a face-to-face. -face. And you've, this trap has now been sprung and you are now in a human trafficking scenario. Yeah. So you hear all that and yet there are still people that, that don't believe it, right? That don't believe it. And this is why awareness groups like ours are important because this uh, ugly truth of human trafficking it's 
it's a hidden truth. It's 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 something that, um, you know, it's 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 plain it's in plain sight, but a lot of people don't know how to recognize it, and that's where where we come in, and and that's why um, supporting a group like ours is important because the roles that everyone is playing, um, although it you may you it may not be a big role. Um, there's a lot of organizations out there that are doing great things uh, for different things, feeding the homeless, and and you can go and maybe make food for someone um, to feed the homeless. Um, you can uh, possibly do something else um, as well. You might be able to go like to Habitat for Humanity and build a house, right? And so those are the types of things that uh, someone wants to be involved in. But um, you, you, the things that you're doing here, um, and 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 sharing a post, like sharing a post online. You have no idea how big that is when you share a post about a missing child or a post about um, something that has recently happened um, in regards to a case for human trafficking where someone was caught or someone was freed from human traffic trafficking. Like the reach that we have online, I mean, we can reach millions of people. And that's why this is important because we're taking this hidden truth that's out there and we're pl putting it in, in the light and that's how people are finding out. Um, and so when we're at, when we're inviting you to get involved and doing things like sharing um, the information or maybe coming and, and you know putting together a care kit or even just donating funds, um, Chuck was talking a lot about the process that it takes to uh, restore someone, um, to get them back on on their feet and and give them a good life. That takes money. That 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 your donations are going a long way. They're helping someone out. It's it's a big part that you're each of you are playing. So, we 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 continuously invite you, uh, and and we just this podcast is important. Today's episode is important because of that. We want you to know that. Again, you're you're a big piece of that puzzle, and without the work that that you do, we we're never gonna we're never gonna you know find a solution for human trafficking. But if we all do our part, we can get there. So we're represented today by some young people. In particular, we have our friend Ben here, and he has a question about human trafficking. So whenever you say people sort of help out, and that's something that's really good, but awareness in a sort of sense, how does it affect a sort of um? pimp to where he earns $25,000 a night off one girl. What's my next door neighbor knowing about human trafficking going to do to stop that? So if your next door neighbor learns about what human trafficking is and learns about the signs of it, they're able to find out how to properly safely report that information to law enforcement and the appropriate agencies that can help out. And what happens is when law enforcement gets that information through like the National Human Trafficking Resource Center, which you can text information to 233733, when they get that information, they get that to the hands of the professional law enforcement and investigators that can take action against that pimp that's making all that money. So they're going to develop a plan. They're going to develop, uh, do some intelligence work. They're going to do the research to put a case together. So when they go in and rescue the victims that the pimp has, it's not just a case of rescuing the victims and the pimp just moves on to somebody else. No, they're able to arrest the pimp. And that pimp gets arrested. He goes to jail. And even though he may bond out initially, he's looking at criminal charges that come down on him that cause him to be incarcerated for long periods of time. We have... We have, we're seeing greater and greater increases in 20, 30, 40, 50-year sentences for human traffickers here in the United States. So I think one of the biggest things about 
um, awareness groups that people don't realize is that awareness equals prevention, right? So when you know something and you're educated about what to look for, you're potentially helping to save lives before the trouble even starts, right? Because um, we spend so much money, like Caesar mentioned, on the recovery piece, on the homes that we're building, the shelters, the care kits we're putting together and all of that. But if you are, if, if we're letting you know that online is a huge problem that you know traffickers lure prey off of off of social media accounts and whatnot then then you're going to be more proactive about who you allow to get on your social media who parents are going to be take a proactive stance as to how they uh, manage and parent their kids what kind of controls they have over things like that if that's the problem here right there's a lot of different ways that we prevent uh, from a f- the forefront and then there, therefore we're not having to spend so much money down the road. We're not having to worry so much about legislative pieces that have to change and things like that um, because we're preventing from the get-go. Awareness groups equal prevention. That's something that you have to understand. If we're putting the information in your hands, then you're now empowered to see something and say something. Right. And that's why it's so very important. I mean, there are many scenarios where young people, young people who have been properly trained to learn the basics of if you have a friend who suddenly changes their behavior, which means they now have expensive gifts and they're talking about that older, more manipulative boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, that older boyfriend or girlfriend who they seem to kind of be kind of skittish around and they're all the things that their friend was previously involved with with a drama club or sports now they're not involved with anymore and they're super secret about their social media young people need to understand your friend is either being trafficked or being groomed for trafficking those are signs these are signs that parents can watch out for but a young person can intervene and they have intervened we i know of scenarios where they have by telling a trusted adult their mom their dad a school counselor or school principal or trusted a resource officer at the school telling a trusted adult that this is happening so that we can intervene before maybe their friend is actually being sold and not just being sold what I'm talking about what happens is is that people are renting out teenagers to rape them and hurt them well you can actually save your friend's life by reporting it and it's not snitching it's saving someone's life because they're being manipulated and lied to it's not a game it's a game with high consequences, so it's not a game. It becomes a life or death scenario. Yeah, so awareness is key. I mean, one of the things that we as the Freedom Chasers have always said is that our goal is that we create enough awareness that this is no longer an issue. Our, do we, Centro Seguro is great, but we hope to someday never need a Centro Seguro. We, we hope to someday never need Rape Crisis Center or some of these organizations, because if we can get rid of the real issue and we can get to the root and, and take that out, then then we're in a better place. You know, that means that young children are not, um, you know, may not be victims. Um, you know, it's just going to be a better place. And that's our goal. Is And the only way to get there is the awareness piece, because uh, Ben asked a great question. How does awareness help stop, you know, someone who is pimping someone out? Well, you you get to you know you know the signs you know what to look for um and you get to report it you get to see something say something and so the the that's the part that each of every one of us is playing then the other piece of it is so this is the part that we're playing the awareness piece that the that, that we're going out there and doing that um 
we have a, an event that we've had for the last three years, Walk for Freedom. And you might think, well, what does me walking out there do? What you're doing is you're telling, you're, you're, you're making a stand um, and you're showing the city of San Antonio, the people around you, that you're not okay with what's going on, that you're, that you're not going to accept it. And just by walking a mile and a half, maybe two miles, the people around you are looking at you and they're, they're asking themselves what's going on. And they start reading the signs about human trafficking and the statistics and, you know, um, you know, not for sale. And they start seeing these things. And, and again, then they start asking themselves, what are these people doing? And then they walk back with you, right? And they come back with you and they meet up at the end and then they start finding out more about human trafficking. And so even something as simple as that is joining a walk is a huge, huge thing that you're doing. And so there is plenty for you to do. Even if you're not out there rescuing someone, there are plenty of things that you can do to help us get to the point where we can someday end human trafficking. So Cece, what is the next Walk for Freedom? Because I'm excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next Walk for Freedom is on October 20th. We'll be at Yana Guana Gardens. And we're so excited about this walk. Um, every single year we work so hard to make sure that we are promoting it. And it's just so symbolic. I've I've talked to so many people um, that leave changed after the walk. They, they get a chance to really understand the issue that we're dealing with. And then they actually, after the walk, uh, like Caesar mentioned, we actually have all of our partners come out, um, different organizations that are also part of ACAT, Alamo Area Coalition Against Trafficking. And um, they represent their own organization and what they're doing in this city to combat human trafficking. And so we're firm believers in if if our awareness group is not something that fits your gifts and talents, then you can certainly join any of them. Um, and they'd be more than glad to have you serve on their teams, have you volunteer, have you make donations, however you're able to help. Um, all, all of it is relevant. All of it helps. And so um, we're so excited to have this walk. I can tell you that the first time I attended a walk for freedom, it was so impactful, so much, so much so that, that that's why he, a21 freedom chasers exists is because i couldn't imagine um having to attend another walk in another city and not my own you know i had to make it happen here and so we every year we act, actually have survivors walking with us we don't call them out you know for anonymity purposes but they're there and they're so emotionally touched by the fact that we would work so hard for one person just to bring attention to, to them, just to highlight what we're doing for them. Because the reality is this walk is early in the morning. And I've heard stories that as we're walking, that individuals that are maybe still being trafficked are walking and they're out there and they're seeing what we're doing and they're realizing we're out there for them. And they've been called out, I mean, by some of our professionals who noticed them and went and talked to them. So they're learning that the city cares about them and they may not get rescued that day, but they're learning the city cares about them. And then the survivors that are with them, I mean, I see the emotions they have to realize that we actually care enough and to have all those people walking out there and saying, you're important enough that we want to bring issue to this. We want to bring a light into this darkness because this is part of education. And one of the most famous quotes from Frederick Douglass that I absolutely love is, is when he said, Education makes a man unfit for slavery. Right. And that's what we're doing. Education makes 
our society unfit to be enslaved by human trafficking because it's really slavery. I've actually, in my research, Chuck, I've seen um, some interviews that, you know, police officers or just news reporters have had with traffickers that have been caught. And they're, uh, they're asked a question, you know, is, is, I don't remember the exact verbiage that was used, but they asked a question to the effect of, um, what would keep you from not, you know, doing trafficking in a city? And they said, the more awareness there is in a city, the less we come to that city because everybody knows what to look for and it's not worth, worth it. I don't want to, I don't want to end up in prison again. And so I think that's so key. When I first heard that, I thought, Exactly. The, and just like you mentioned, the more light we put on this, the more they stay away from our city because it's not it's not worth it. It's not worth them having to go through the trouble of hiding anymore. Um, right now, it happens in plain sight. And we just haven't we we are still working really hard to make sure that all of San Antonio and our surrounding areas know what to look for. Yeah. So we invite you right there where you're at. Make a commitment to help. And We've laid out a whole bunch of different ways that you can help. Um, again, every little thing that you do has a bigger impact. You may not see it today, you may not see it in a month, but it does have an impact on someone's life. And so make a commitment, make a donation to any one of these organizations that we've mentioned, to our organization. Know that all these funds that are being used, they're being poured back into um, helping victims of human trafficking. However it is, whether it's in a, in, a, in a physical home, in a physical location, in something physical and tangible that they can take with them, whether it's a toothbrush and, and a, you know, a tube of toothpaste, a, a blanket, whatever the case may be, everything is being used to go back into that um, as well. And maybe you don't live in San Antonio. Maybe you live in a city um, here in the United States or somewhere else in a different country. Get plugged into an organization there locally that is doing what we're doing today. Whether it's the awareness piece, um, maybe they're they're going out there and doing something physically as well, whatever the case may be, but look for organizations around your area that are doing this because this is a this is this is a, glo a global um, problem that's going on. It's not just in San Antonio, it's not just around the border, it's it's everywhere. So get plugged in into organizations um, around you. Um, and if you need a presentation um, you need someone to go out and speak uh, we we do that as well so visit us on a21 freedomchasers.org um, Chuck Paul LLC um, as well he he's a consultant but he will also go out there and give you a presentation and talk to you more about that we have other resources on our website where we link you to other organizations as well um, we we know that the best way to do to combat this is to do it together um, and that's 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 how we're going to, you know, make a difference um, with this. So we invite you again to make a commitment and get plugged in, whether it's financially or coming to an event or um, participating or donating something uh, tangible as well. We appreciate you uh, again coming in and, and listening to our podcast. Share it. That's another piece of awareness. Share it. Share everything that you see on our social media sites. Um, once again, we thank you for uh, everything that you do, all of our volunteers that have supported us these last few years. We're excited for what uh, is to come here in the near future, um, and we look forward to um, your questions or comments. That's the one thing that we would like to see a little bit more if you have questions. 
comments, things that we can focus on on these podcasts, please, please let us know. Um, leave us a question, a comment anywhere on our social media. Email us. We have uh, the contact information on our website. Um, we would love to answer any questions you might have or talk about any topic that you might have. I hope you ha guys have a good day. And once again, this is Talk for Freedom.